0: Do I love my neighbor Do you love them? Can I feel his pain me really
1: Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Justice as I am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out of control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose
0: hello everyone my name is Rich Collenberg, and my name is Susan Collenberg, and we'd like to welcome you once again to freedom to choose parables and object lessons and this is program number 36 for your reference and once again as you know you can go on our website and get all of our archived archived programs and uh, this one again is program number 36 in this series, parables and object and
2: lessons. And there's also some resources there that you can request as well. Tell us about those resources. Well, we have several workbooks that are available. Um, one is called Clean, and it's specifically about addiction recovery, but it seems to help a lot of people in many different areas of life. And then the second workbook is Could It Be This um, Simple, A Way Out of Your Prison? And that is all about your brain science and how the goal is— for God to come in and and create a new creation in our heart. And so it kind of gives a scientific and yet a biblical basis for how those changes can occur and how we can work in concert with God to help those changes occur in a more better way.
0: Ah, okay. And, uh, well, before we get started, uh, Susan, would you like to open the program with a word of prayer, please? Yes.
2: Loving Father in Heaven, thank you so much for um your um the life that you've given to each individual here that's listening and to Rich and I as well and um as we go through and we um talk about uh the vineyard that you would um help us to um, talk about principles that are are in our everyday life and how we how God desires us to um to approach life and principles and to help us to change and to be better people. And we thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. And yes, yeah, so last time we we uh, we looked at the rich young ruler, and this time we're going to look at the laborers and the vineyard. And be, you know what? Before we get going, I kind of wanted to—something kind of caught my eye here in my notes— Last time we talked about God's grace and the Ten Commandments, and how the Ten Commandments are a teaching tool to teach us to become loving people. And the other day, I was on the way to on my way to work, and and I'm, I was praying. I was talking to God. I was asking him, you know, why am I? Pr- I don't know if you've ever done this or not. Maybe I'm just weird, but I'm asking God, God, why am I praying? Aren't you already doing everything in mm-hmm. your power? Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, and I'm. Just because I, I know I'm not going to change your mind. You know everything and every. So why am and, I and, and, and I at about 30 seconds later, get this little whisper. You know how it goes. And it's this prayer is for you, Rich. It doesn't bring me down to your level. It brings you up to my level. Right. And prayer is for you because I'm tr- prayer is a teaching tool also. Mm-hmm. It teaches when I'm praying for someone, I'm now becoming involved in their life. I'm becoming involved in them.
2: And, yeah. you, and you're not involved in your own in, life. Up in my head. <laughs> right. I'm not
0: up in my head with nine radio stations going on, criticizing everybody because it's what I do really or, good. Or you know. You
2: know, trying to find a way out or whatever. Right.
0: right. Yeah, trying to manipulate my own way out of my own messes, right? So that teaching tool not only um, puts us in harmony with heaven and the way heaven works, it changes us.
2: Well, and I think, too, is I think that it can make your senses and your awareness even um, become a little bit sharper and more bright, if that's the right phrase to use, because as you think upon things, you become in that way. So if you're you're praying for someone, then you're going to be someone who is looking for um, the best for another person instead of praying on them, P-R-E-Y, and praying on their, you know, getting down on them, then you become a person who wants to get down on people instead of you know, trying to uplift someone. Then you're going to become a person that's an uplifter instead right. of somebody that pushes someone down. But
0: if you think about it, how God's reality works, I can't love my neighbor unless I know my neighbor. Right. And I can't know my neighbor unless I get involved with my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And I can't get involved with my— I don't have the drive to get involved with my neighbor unless I'm praying for my neighbor. Well, and that That's how His grace works. Right.
2: And then, as as I think that we as we participate in that process, it goes beyond even those people that we may consider our neighbor within our circle. We become, you know, those changed people that God desires us to be, and therefore, we become um, people that are healing in other people, even though we may not be close to them. You know, Mm -hmm. we begin treating people
0: the the way
2: right exactly that changes our whole character. Yeah. You know, so prayer is one of those things can that can just come in and change you from the inside out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I can, I, if I look at myself, I, I, I'm not a helpful person. I, mm. You know, I have to. You, she's rolling her eyes. I'm not rolling. You, well, kind of just an, acknowledging. Yes, mm. that's just you're speaking truth, Rich. Um, you, you know, I need I, I need a lot of fetching up. I need to be changed, and and well, God has the mechanisms there for us available. To do that, through His grace, He gives us those motivations to do those things, to apply ourselves, to change ourselves from selfish people into caring people. You have to remember, Susan and I came from a place where it was all about self. Right. And and just because we're headed a different direction, we're still packing those old brains around. Right. And those old brains still have some tendencies, some moves that they make. You know, it's like, remember when I had my hip replaced, I, I limped for like 25, 30 years, And after I had my hip replaced, there was absolutely no pain. But guess what? It took me a year to really not limp anymore because my brain still wanted to limp. And it's the same thing spiritually. I still want to limp spiritually.
2: It's kind of like the experience that Paul has in Romans. And yeah. he talks about so many people, you know, get into like this big theological discussion about Romans and whether or not Paul was saved. I think that we can all... In come, that instant, right,
0: when he wrote that.
2: Right. And we and, and I think we can all come to the table and say, you know what, and be honest and say, we, you know, we may struggle with things and our our past and maybe some of those things in the past come into the present day and we're struggling and we're battling those but um, praise God there's no there's no more condemnation right right because we do love God and we know that he is in the process of um, that recreation and that restoration of um, bringing us back to him. I like it how you say, you know, the beginning of the Bible, God is with man. And at the end of the Bible, once again, God is with man. And in the middle of the Bible...
0: God's chasing after man, and man is running from God.
2: Exactly. And so God's whole desire is that we come back into unity with him. And um, so, you know, that's that's the process. And, and the, that's the thing, is that we are so worried about ourselves.
0: And what we look like.
2: Right, and what we look like, what we're getting, what we're not getting... Um, how we're going to be, you know, what's what's it going to be like in five years? What was it like five years ago? It's just this swirling circle around self and pride, and, you know, we've all got it. You know, that's that whole infection of fear. You know, right. we've all got those. And, and
0: and the thing is, is and you brought up Romans 7, it's the residual effects of living a life selfish, and that's what right. Paul is talking about in Romans seven, he's still dealing with those these residual effects of a life of sin, those brain connections that are still there and very strong. And so when he wants to do good, there's something in him that does wrong, and he doesn't want to do that. And says, What God's it's like going to the doctor, and you you know the doctor's not going to condemn you because your arm has taken three weeks to heal rather than two weeks, or you know your broken arm." He doesn't condemn you for that, so we have a lot of healing to do. God's not condemning us for that healing process mm-hmm. of making those decisions that change our brain and strengthen other con- other neural pathways that are no longer selfish.
2: Right. He desires us to continue to come back to that perfect pattern, and that perfect pattern is the life of of, of Christ, and and that's why He came. He came to show us what a life connected to God is looks like. Right. And
0: remember everything is perfect in its stage of growth mm-hmm. so it's the process when when paul said behold all things become new that's the way you look at things now you look at things through a new light all right. things are now new but there's that old brain you're packing around and so god's going to help you you know when jesus asked asked the people what do you want do you want to be made well yes i want to be made well okay can help you with
2: right that. we grow into that um that that likeness yeah
0: yeah first we're babes in christ and then we grow up into salvation we grow up paul says right and that growing up is painful sometimes and
2: it's you know what that's a the blessing let's go back to the bible as a whole is that's the blessing is to look back at the bible and to see you know that we that you know, God gives the good, the bad, and the ugly in the Bible, just yeah. as a reference to say this is these are what my people look like.
0: And, yeah, these are
2: my people. You know, yes, David was a scoundrel yeah. and a murderer and an adulterer and everything, but he, he still came my to me. He yeah. came to me and desired to be healed, and he was. Yeah, you know, and, and you even, can look at you, Paul and even
0: Peter. Right, I mean, you know, and you could look at the you look at the process of. Of Jesus eradicating the pride in Peter, and the, and that, that that horrible thing Peter had to go through, right at the end when he denied Jesus, you know, and then he had to wait because Jesus wasn't around, and the sadness he must have gone through, and probably thinking in his mind. Wow, when he needed me the most, I turned tail and ran. Mm-hmm. And he had to live with that the rest of his life. Right. You know? And,
2: and I think that those are the types of experiences that we all have to live with. You know, when Jesus is really asking us to um be that that man or woman of God and we, we turn and we um we back down we from try from our- to yeah, we put our, our humanness comes in and, and supersedes Pre- that. That relationship that we have with um, God and and Jesus and and self comes out full full strength.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could almost hear Jesus asking Peter what God asked Adam in the garden. Where are you? Right. I was afraid and I hid myself. Right. I mean, right. there it is. It's the same thing. Right. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Um, now, just in case the disciples might lose sight of the principles of the gospel. Jesus related a parable to them illustrating the way in which God deals with his helpers and the spirit in which he wishes them or us to work for him.
2: So this is the parable.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to the parable now, folks. We're finally at the parable. We're at the parable now.
2: The kingdom of heaven, Jesus said, is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. It was the custom for men who were looking for a job to wait in the marketplaces, and that's where employers went to find the servants. The man in the parable goes out at different hours of the day to hire the workmen. Those who are hired at the earliest hours agree to work for a stated sum. Those who are hired later leave their wages to the discretion of the householder. So when evening had come the lord of the vineyard said unto his steward call the laborers and give them their their pay beginning from the first to unto the last
0: You good there? And Let's when see. they that came I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: wondering I, I'm sorry I um <laughs> left off. Okay. Um uh, So when evening, let's see where I'm at. And And then they came and they were hired about, and when they came that were hired about the 11th hour, they received every man one penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, but they likewise received every man one penny.
0: Okay. So the way that the householder deals with the workers in the vineyard, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for the way that God deals with, with us as human beings. Now, remember, God's ways are not our ways. So let's dive into the principle behind the parable. In business employment, compensation is given according to the work that's accomplished. The laborer expects to be paid only that which he earns. But in the parable, Jesus was illustrating the principles of his kingdom. Of the heavenly kingdom a kingdom that's not of this world
2: right because God isn't regulated by human standards the Lord says my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways your ways for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts that's Isaiah 55 verse
0: 8 okay see and in the parable the first laborers they agreed to work for a stipulated sum and they received the amount specified and nothing more. Now, those hired later just simply believed the master's prob- promise. Remember that promise? He says, whatsoever is right, that that's what I'll give you. And they showed their confidence in him by asking no question regarding their wages. They trusted his, his character. They were rewarded not according to the amount of their labor, but according to the generosity of the employer. There's where God's grace shows up again, see? Right.
2: His reward is not given according to our merit, but according to His purpose.
0: How good He is.
2: Correct. Which is He purposed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to God's mercy, He saved us. That's Titus three five, And for those who trust in Him, He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3.20. I
0: mean, what kind of a God is... You think about it it's according to would take a guy like me and say you know what i can use you i'll work with you mm-hmm. you take a guy like david or a guy like solomon you know the sexual addictions that he had
2: mm-hmm. or what and, about the the cutter in the tomb? yeah the guy in, in the five, graveyard right. the cu- the cutter in the that tomb. was out, totally out of he his was, mind
0: yeah he was out of his mind right and Jesus says, you know what? I can use you. I need you in those 10 towns. I need you to go tell them what has been done for you. you." And then I'm willing to work with anyone. Mm -hmm. You see? And that's the message. He's willing to work with me. Right. You know, Zacchaeus up in the tree, the little guy, nobody noticed. Everybody hates him. And you know, Jesus says, you know what? I'm coming to your house tonight. Mm -hmm. You're somebody too. Mm -hmm. You know, that's amazing to me. Now... It's not the amount of labor that's performed or even the visible results, but it's the spirit in which the work is done that makes it, I want to say, a value to God. In other words, we're not, I want to say, working for God. God is working in us. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: See, it's a different, it's 180 degrees off. As we work for God, God works in us Mm -hmm. and changes us. And see, so the more time you spend with God working for him, the more opportunity there is for change in you and change in other people that you're working with. So it's not a, a, a look at my accomplishments. It's an opportunity for us to participate in a healthy situation for us and everyone else involved, mm-hmm. you see. And so um, that's how we're changed. If we're working simply for reward, like an employee working for set wages, like the first group in the parable, the work can become drudgery. We can get a bad attitude, and that changes us into people with bad attitudes. There's no bad attitudes in heaven. Right. So there won't reminds, be any bad attitudes.
2: Right. It reminds me of the older brother, too.
0: Right. He had a bad attitude. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. So those who, that came to the vineyard at the 11 hour were thankful for an opportunity to work. Their hearts were full of gratitude to the one who had accepted them. And when at the close of the day, the householder paid them for a full day's work, they were greatly surprised. Now,
0: now I don't think, let's do another 180 again, because I don't know about you, but sometimes we have the um, privilege to give out bonus checks. Mm-hmm. In your company. In our company. hmm And there's nothing better. Right. So now, can we put ourselves in God's position now as he's giving his children their reward? Right. What is going on in his heart? He is love, and his children, the ones he loves, are now going to live with him. in ter- That's the reward. Imagine how his heart is filled. I mean, me giving out a bonus check, right, you know, that makes the—
2: Gets it, it gets the dopamine going it right. gets
0: a dopamine going right for a human being to be able to do something nice for somebody else mm-hmm. but God has given out the bonus check of bonus checks right. he is the bonus check right. and so when you accept that him as the bonus check i mean you can imagine the 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 just the what's happening in God himself when this this
2: well and i think you know we can go back i think that's why God created man and woman yeah. and families because to have that reciprocating um, relationship that we have with one another in if it's in a loving relationship there's nothing better yeah you know to than to um be able to be in a healthy god-centered relationship with him and then have a family that's based on that as well I, I think that's we true can, happiness yeah I
0: think we can safely say that God needs us right you know. Right. Um you know the the first laborers in the parable were working for and it just if we got a little bit of time here I want to go through the seven levels of decision making. We've gone through them in previous programs but the first um the the first couple of um levels here of the seven levels of of moral decision-making, or why we make our choices, um, kind of tell us a little bit about the mindset of the first laborers. And the the levels of decision-making, like I said, we've talked about them in a previous program, and they're important that you understand this, because we are all in different levels of understanding at different times in our lives. But the first level of, of moral decision-making is very fundamental. It's fear of punishment. And you know, that's how you get a child not to do those things that are dangerous for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do, if you do this, I'll swat you on the bottom. And fear of punishment will help the child to make that decision. What's the next one, Susan?
2: Hope for reward.
0: Hope for reward. Okay. Hope for reward is the second level. So you promise somebody something. And that is where, that is the level that the first laborers were at in the parable hope for reward. They were working for the reward. What's the next one, Susan?
2: Everyone else is doing okay, it. Okay.
0: So the group is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. So that must make it okay. And so we'll base our decisions on the fact that just Kind of
2: so, like a social pressure thing. Social you know? pressure
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't have, you don't have these new pants on. You need to get them because everybody else has got them. You know, what's the next one? Uh,
2: It's a law.
0: It's a law. We don't, agree with it. We don't disagree with it. All we know is it's a law, so we keep the law because it's a law, you know?
2: Right, just because that's the stated the, law, and we don't understand the law. Well, we don't want to understand the law. We just know the, ver- the basic facts, and that's what we're doing.
0: That's what we're doing. Okay, what's number five? What's, love, love for others. Okay, now we're getting into another area, love for others. Okay, that's a different kind of motivation. What's the next one?
2: Principle-based.
0: Principle-based.
2: And the last one is understanding friend of God.
0: Understanding friend of God. So principle-based means we now understand the principles of how things operate. And, of course, level seven is understanding friend of God. In other words, we're always defending ourselves. We need to be able to walk across the courtroom and defend those that we are not in harmony with and see their side of the story because remember, there's three sides to every story: our side, God's side, and the other side. There's always three sides, and so understanding friend of God now sees everyone as God sees them, and so that so you see these. The, One, well,
2: I think they see that we can see that bigger picture as well. Is that it's not it's not just the immediate. Um, outcome of something that sometimes things happen and there's a greater principle involved mm-hmm. than what we really understand. And so to, to always be willing to kind of take a back seat because we don't know what's what's happening in the future. right? And I think that's what God, God expects uh, from us. Right.
0: So I'm going to run through them again real quick. Level one is fear of punishment. Level two is a hope for reward. These, In other words, these are what motivate us. Level three is everyone else is doing it and level four is it's a law. So these first four need external pressure or external motivation in order to get someone to make a quote-unquote right decision. Mm -hmm. Levels five through seven, love for others, principle-based living, and understanding friend of God, those levels there are those that's an inside job right and only God can put that there
2: right they're this, doing right because it is right They're doing
0: right because it is right they're doing God's will because they understand God's goals there
2: they understand those higher principles of life
0: no longer operating on selfishness operating on what's best for others and this is where God wants to take us and where God wants to get us get us and and everything is if we can treat everything as a teaching tool and a learning process that God is trying to make us healthy. A
2: refining process. A refining process, yeah.
0: if you will. I would like to say a, a way to make us healthier. Absolutely. I, I want to be healthy. And with health, between the ears comes peace, peace with God.
2: Absolutely.
0: And we're going to wrap it up. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing's a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor
1: Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.